One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast. Code acast. Hello, I'm Harriet Minter, and this is the Badass Women's Hour. I have a lot of news for you this week. As some of you might know, this podcast features interviews from my radio show on Talk Radio. However, I've now moved on to pastures new and, well, things different, so as it goes, all good things must come to an end. And this podcast is also coming to a close. But don't worry, I'm still with you for a bit. We've got a few more brilliant badass women that I want you to hear from, so we'll be going all the way up to our 400th episode, think that's about another six weeks and then I will have something new coming so stay tuned for details. But this week I'm focusing on health and specifically women's health. A few weeks ago the government put an open call out for women to complete a survey about their healthcare experiences. Over 100,000 women have filled in the survey and the government are now going to use the results to decide how they change health in this country for women going forward. As someone who has spent more than her fair share of time in doctor's offices over the years, I cannot wait for change. Too often I have felt patronised, dismissed, shamed by the healthcare profession, and I want to be honest, this includes women as well as men. And the thing that's interesting here is that for a long time I was very, very angry, very angry at doctors for this, but actually it's not really their fault. So when you look at it, This kind of bias against women is built into medical training from day one. So med students, particularly those who are going on to become GPs, will only spend a small amount of time studying anything to do with women's health. I mean, it's barely a module. And most of that is obstetrics and baby-based. So unless they choose to specialize in it, when you go and see a doctor, particularly when you go and see your GP, they really know about as much as you do. If you've ever had that experience of being in with your GP, telling them about a problem, and then they start Googling the symptoms, yeah, they don't know either. And that's not their fault. It's just they've got a lot of stuff to get through on the syllabus and women's issues, women's health, takes up a very, very small part. But what that means then is sometimes it's very easy for them to dismiss issues. So we know endometriosis, um, in particular, massive issues of dismissal, also massive issues of GPs seeing it as something that was hysteria related that was in some way women being a bit hysterical about their own bodies and there's a really interesting question which is well is it hysterical women who get endometriosis or does endometriosis and the lack of care tension and help available for it make women hysterical because quite frankly if you have ever suffered from the pain of it and then been told that you are making it up, well, I think that would make most of us a little bit angry. 
And then on top of this, not only do medical students hardly study anything to do with women's health, but what they do study, all of their syllabus, has largely been based on the experiences of men. Now, what this means is that for most clinical trials, up until the 90s, most clinical trials excluded women. So women couldn't be part of them, which meant that when the kind of textbooks were being written about how patients responded to particular cures or particular symptoms that they experienced, those patients were men. We see this in heart attacks, for example. Women display the symptoms of a heart attack in a woman are completely different to the symptoms of a heart attack in a man. So women are having heart attacks and it's not being recognized because doctors are being taught that a heart attack looks a certain way. And so women complain of it. And then because they don't match the symptoms exactly, they're ignored. And if you're a woman of color, then you'll face not just gender bias, but racism too. So we know that more black women die in childbirth due to myths around black women's brain thresholds and a level of dismissal, really, from the medical profession that no other group faces. And as last week's guest, Dr. Prager Agarwal explained, Asian women face greater discrimination when trying to access fertility treatments. Again, because they just don't have those people backing them up and showing their other experiences for doctors to understand and learn from. Anything we can do to finally address this and make medicine inclusive for all is a good thing. So, and this is a rare occurrence. On this occasion, I think the government has got it right. Now they just have to act on it. It's not enough just to ask women for their experiences. You have to listen to them too. This is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Talking of women's health, one woman who is out to improve how all of us understand our bodies is Amy Thompson. Founder of the Moody app, Amy has now written a book all about hormones. She's been obsessed with our hormones and how they work ever since she found herself on the other side of a hormonal crisis. She explains the simple things we can all look out for when it comes to our health and just why women's hormones are having a moment right now. Hi, Amy. Hi, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. So tell us a little bit about Moody and why you founded it. So Moody was and and is technology which allows you to track your daily moods and symptoms um, around your hormone cycle. So what it does is help you understand the changes across your emotional, physical health across your cycle. Um, Not because it's about control, but because it's about being able to identify patterns. Because the more that we can understand the patterns of our emotional, physical health, exactly as you were just saying, (laughs) the more we can tune into ourselves and we can actually start to better better understand the commonalities or the things that each month we maybe want to better prepare for or just tune into for productivity. Um, And in building the technology, what happened was I realized we've been deep in research for five years in hormonal science, in psychology, because what I've realized, and literally as you were saying there about all these different experts, so many people sit in so many different fields that actually it was interesting to see the crossover between emotional health and the physical health connection between our hormones. And that's why I also put the book together because I realized there was a lot of information that I'd researched that felt like it should just be in a physical form as well, not just in the technology, but also maybe written out. (laughs) what are some of the things that you learned that you just were like oh my god why has nobody told me this before well firstly I know I talk a lot about it and a lot of people do know now that there are four phases to your menstrual cycle so 
even if you're having an irregular cycle, you will still have a structure around rising estrogen and, and how estrogen affects your mental health. So this idea that it's your kind of power up hormone and it makes you, it can make you feel incredibly energized. It can make you feel incredibly sharp, incredibly productive. Um, but then there are these changes that happen around when estrogen becomes slightly lower and that can make us feel maybe a bit more insular, a bit more reserved. And it was this kind of idea that actually, rather than structuring my life around a 24 hour cycle, which is what we've all been told, we should get up every day and do the same. It was this realization that there are these emotional and chemical changes happening in our body and they affect our ability to get up every day and be and feel the same, <laughs> whether we like it or not. And so actually being able to understand that there are things going on underneath my skin, which help contextualized almost how I was feeling about my everyday health and well-being. Um, so yeah, the the idea that there are the hormones affect my mental health, I think, was game changer for me. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? <laughs> Obviously, it feels like we sort of know that, right? Because we sort of we sort of know. Oh, um, I know that actually. About a week before I get my period, I'm really likely to cry at every advert. And in my head, I know that. But I never think about how can I work with that? <laughs> Just I sort of yeah. I have it in my head as this thing that will happen. And I'll be like, oh, God, I should have realized. How can we work with our hormones? Well, this is actually why the technology exists in the sense that there is no it was exactly as you were saying, every person is slightly different. Mm -hmm. And what's true of all these things, whether it be tracking an illness or whether it be tracking just kind of everyday health and well-being, what you're looking for is patterns and correlations of things that repeat every month, every week, potentially every day. And what our brains do is we forget pain. So we're programmed very effectively to actually not remember when we feel like we're going to cry every single time at a certain point of every month you know we, we we don't tune into that side of things so actually being able to have something that that allows you to not be reminded of a negative but actually be able to understand that there's a correlation and it's something that you can then go actually I'm just going to accept that this is how I feel every single month at this moment in time. It's almost the ability to use technology to reflect patterns back to us. And most technology is about making life easier in theory. You know, the ethics of technology is a whole probably different discussion. But the, the idea that we can build something that just helps us better understand ourselves and the patterns that are happening in our daily, weekly, monthly lives, which what I think- It's very useful, very, very useful. Is it just women that experience these cycles or is it men as well? No, it's men as well. So I think, again, I think we've talked about this before even, that mm. what's interesting is there's a lot more research into the female hormone space um, in terms of the emotional, physical changes because of the contraceptive and the HRT, which are two very, very profitable pharmaceutical drugs. Mm -hmm. And so when you see research in depth, it tends to be connected to a pharmaceutical solution. And so what this research gives us is very interesting foundation points. But what's really interesting now is that's actually something we can harness through technologies to help us be more optimal. Whereas actually for men, there is research to show that testosterone cycles are 24 hours. So when you look at metabolism in the same age cohort of 
25 to 35 take. Mm-hmm. Metabolism is often for men, 24 hour, get up, feel the same, can work out in the same way. Whereas for women, our estrogen cycles across our monthly cycle has a different effect. And so there is knowledge that testosterone cycles are 24 hours, but it's really quite basic and it's very functional research rather than this understanding of how does testosterone across a man's life cycle affect his emotional health? How do cycles, you know, of environmental factors, you know, reality of the stresses and the anxiety disorders that are paramount in a pandemic or epidemic, sorry, across men and women or all genders and so I think it's really actually interesting to start to think about how do we really now that we're looking more at mental health rather than focus on how you control or cure or manage these experiences of hormones how do we better understand how they're affecting everyone both you know female and male I think that's absolutely fascinating it's so interesting also that you know we talk about hormones as an area where there isn't a lot of research in it and Certainly, there isn't necessarily a lot of research for women, but there's an awful lot more for women because, as you say, there are expensive drugs behind it than there is for men. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You have taken this knowledge and written a book which is called Moody the Hormone Guide. Why did you decide to put it into book format? Um, well, I think anyone writing a book, and as you know, Harriet, <laughs> as you have just written a book, um, it, there, it for me was about, I was realizing I was looking at this research and there was so much research and there was mm. so much work that went into just the technology that wasn't, you know, necessarily visible to the user per se. So when you're building technology, you're building something that helps someone understand, but it has to be very easy to use. You you can't write a book and then ask someone to use technology. You have to build the experience so that it yeah. naturally feels yeah. as though you're tracking. And I realized that there was just an opportunity to share some of the information, but also 
it took me a really long time to understand the correlation between my own stress cycles and that they were hormonal and even that happiness is hormonal. Um, and I felt like it was really important information. And you said at the beginning about what was really game changer. I think the idea that hormones helped me have a almost like contextualized idea of emotional health that stopped it feeling abstract and something that was happening outside me so the idea that when we feel stress adrenaline cortisol is released mm -hmm. and when we're in sustained stress states those chemicals are continually releasing and therefore have an effect on other cycles like sleep and metabolism and also just general health and then also happiness dopamine oxytocin serotonin endorphins you know the the chemicals both neurotransmitters and hormones that science and that kind of language helped me almost better understand that I was able to give myself self-care when I was feeling stressed because I needed happy hormones rather than it feeling like an indulgence it felt more contextual mm. um and so the book was written from my experience as well and I, I do think there's a lot more books that need to be written in this space but to help give people more language around some of the things that helped me better articulate what was going on both inside and also just outside with the way that relationships form, yeah. how we're attracted to people, even just how I felt about myself. And, and that science and that language was very transformative for me. So it felt an important thing to share. I mean, it's so interesting because I always like to bring up the one time that I was part of a uh, medical experiment, which was when I was at university and I was asked to go and sniff T-shirts that men had slept in the night before and then rank their smell in order of attractiveness because the university was positing that basically you would be more attracted to certain T-shirts on certain times of the month than others. Um and that was my first kind of introduction to the idea that actually my body was sort of making me do things that I wasn't aware of. And yeah. that actually, if I understood what was going on with my hormones, I might understand perhaps some of the decisions I was making or some of the ways I was feeling. For you, yeah. what changed in your life when you realized, oh, hang on, this is not just my brain at work here. This is my body at work too. I just felt less guilty. So... When we live in a society where guilt is for women paramount in almost everything that we do. And I was, I was really, and you know, I, I'd done a lot. I'd, I'd had all these kind of, you know, success elements in my life and I, I still didn't really understand myself. And so actually starting to understand how my body worked just made me appreciate it better. And it made me feel, it made me feel empowered when I cried because I knew that crying released stress hormones. And it was re it was a really great way to retrain and, and, and feel empowered by my emotional health as something that was happening as part of a process. And therefore what I needed was self-care. And that actually also made me feel much more in tune with the ability to take time off, to give myself more, you know, kind experiences and the things that I needed, you know, listening to my favorite tracks and, and music when I felt really low to, to help myself chemically you know, come out of it through the experiences that I knew that were happening. So less guilt and a lot more acceptance and kindness to myself without feeling like I was slipping into an Instagram trend or a kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, into a an affirmation quote. And it just, it felt to me like a really, really good way to better be connected with my, my body and my myself. 
finally, you know, you talked there about self-care and I think often when we talk about self-care, we do feel like we're an Instagram quote, right? We feel like a bit of a cliche. But is there, are there one or two things that fall into that self-care category that we know have a direct impact on our hormones? Yes, many things. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the most profound, and again, it's interesting that it's becoming such a trend at the moment, that we, we found works really, really well as breath work. And one of the reasons for that is that you're looking at breath is something you really do take for granted and often we hold our breath when we're stressed which says everything about the way that your body responds without really your choice <laughs> and being able to rhythmically look at how you breathe and looking at kind of processes around the, your body's ability to absorb oxygen the very baseline of our you know mental physical health and and it's something that I think you know neurologically is impacted but also hormonally is impacted around reducing cortisol and, and, and adrenaline but the other thing is music as well so anything that is sensorial so anything that makes you feel good energy energy wise often has a, a kind of effect on your nervous system and therefore is also having an effect in terms of reducing stress and supporting your kind of overall mental physical health. Um, and I think these are the things that we know intuitively work, but I think the, the breathwork piece is really interesting for me because I think, again, it's being positioned into this kind of quite trend-orientated environment space, which wellness can very much consume a lot of ideas. And then people feel a bit silly sometimes being that person that's now into breath work. But we really should all start to understand how important these things are for just creating better rhythm and, and simply being able to tune back into calm states. And I, I would advise anybody that hasn't tried it to just try it because meditation is again part of that but meditation is actually very hard um yeah. and takes a lot of practice <laughs> whereas breath work is a little easier and I, i'm biased and i would i'm sure we can have a discussion about this um, but for everyone that has you know tried meditation and maybe dropped it um and it's something we included in the app for this reason that actually breath work really does help very quickly reset and and make you feel back in your back in your zone without having to be practicing every single day in a meditative state i absolutely love that thank you so much amy it's always a joy to talk to you and i cannot wait to read the book which is out now moody the hormone guide by amy thompson um do go check it out particularly if you are someone like me who knows that kind of things happen on a regular basis and you sort of feel them but you don't really plan it out or you don't really think about how you can look after yourself when you're in the midst of it. And guys, it goes for you too. You have your own hormone cycles. If you notice you feel different at certain times of the day or the month, that's your hormones. You can help them out by looking after them. Um, so do go grab the book. That was Amy Thompson, author of Moody, a 21st century hormone guide. This week's listener problem digs into something that, to be frank, I know nothing about. Running. Help. Okay, so this is what it says. I don't buy into the whole hot girl summer thing, but recently I've wanted to up my exercise. Lockdown has been a bit more of a sit down for me and I know I need to do something about this. So I've started running. I'm doing the Couch to 5K app. At first I was really into it, but now I just can't find the motivation. I don't want this to be another thing I fail at. How can I get to the end? So a uh, personal confession here. I have started the Couch to 5K app. I suggest probably about seven times 
and I have never got all the way to the end, ever. A few years ago, I took up running a park run with an amazing friend of mine. We did it every week for about a year, and I think I got around it as a run once, so I'd have to run walk all the way around. I am not a runner. I have accepted that about myself. But I do know a little bit about motivation and a little bit about feeling like a failure for not completing them. So these are some of the things that I know. First of all, you are not a failure because you don't complete something. And being a failure isn't that bad a thing anyway. It means you tried something. And trying is better than not trying. Trying and failing, I would argue, is sometimes even better than trying and succeeding. Because generally when we've tried and failed at something, we've gone outside of our comfort zone. So if you have tried and failed, don't beat yourself up about it because that's just going to sap your motivation even more. Actually, be proud of the fact that you put yourself out there, laced up your running shoes and got out. doesn't matter that you didn't get to the end. You tried it. That's the first thing to remember. However, if you have a real bee in your bonnet about wanting to complete this one thing, then brilliant. Let's go for it. Here are some things that could help. First of all, find out what motivates you. So Gretchen Rubin has written a brilliant book where she analyzes four personality types and looks at how they are motivated. I think it's called The Four Types, but it's by Gretchen Rubin. She also wrote a book on happiness, which is also excellent, but it's not that one. So in her book, Gretchen Rubin says that basically we generally fall into four types of people. So the first type of people are intrinsically motivated. So they are achievers. They set themselves a goal and they don't stop until they get to the goal. Now, we all like to believe that we are that person, but actually it's quite rare. Very few people are. And if you are one of those people, oh, how I envy you. Life must be so simple. Second types of people are people who are motivated by doing things for others. So like that year when I went running every weekend on a Saturday, it was because I did it with a friend. I wouldn't have got up to go running by myself, but because I knew she was waiting for me, I felt compelled to go and do it. So if you know that you are more likely to do something if somebody else is relying on you, then get a friend and get them on this Couch to 5K app too and ensure you're doing it together. That way you're going to feel like you, maybe you don't want to go for a run, but they're waiting for you or they're relying on you. So you're more likely to do it. Third type of people are what's called questioners. So they have to know why they're doing something. So if this is you, then perhaps you might want to think about why it is you really want to complete this app. It might be that actually you want to prove to yourself that you can do it. It might be because you think it's going to help your fitness or your aerobic level. It might be because actually you think running is going to help you feel better mentally. Whatever it is, take a scientific approach to this and see if you can prove yourself right. So, for example, if you think that you are going to feel better if you continue the Couch to 5K app, well, then note down how you feel at the start of your run and how you feel after. When you start to see the evidence back up, that will answer your why and you'll feel more likely to continue. And then finally, there are what Gretchen Rubin calls the rebel personalities. So these are people who just, well, they don't really like being told what to do, even by themselves. So when they tell themselves they're going to do something, they instantly then find a way to get out of it. I am one of these people. It is a nightmare. But what I've learned along the way is that the way to kind of trick yourself into doing things, even when you've decided you don't want to, is to make it part of who you are. So you heard me say at the start of this answer, I am not a runner. Well, I'm not. And because I'm saying that I am not a runner, it's going to be really hard for me to ever get into running in a big way. I've accepted that about myself. 
However, if you do want to become a runner, then the way to get there as a rebel is to start saying, I am a runner. I'm a runner. And as a runner, I get up early to go for a run. I don't drink too much the night before because I'm going to get up early to go for a run. I make sure I have the best trainers so that I go for a run. Basically, do everything around the running that someone who is a runner would do. And you'll find that actually you start lacing up your trainers and getting out there just as it is. So that's Gretchen Rubin and her four personality types. I really do recommend having a look into it. It's so useful. The other thing to just remember is that there are kind of two forms of motivation. So the first one is very much a push and the second one is very much a pull. So there is a push form of motivation and that kind of says inspiration is for amateurs. We're not waiting to feel like we want to do it. We are just doing it. Get out there and go. This is a kind of more disciplined form of motivation and we should all try and cultivate a bit of this in our lives. So this discipline just says it's in the diary and we are doing it. We're not waiting to feel like doing it. We're out of here. You might have seen this in the running blogs where they say, just put your trainers on. And by the time you put your trainers on, you'll be ready to go. So try a bit of this for a week. See if you can give yourself a good push to make it happen. If you can't, you might be more of a pull person. So you're somebody who needs to feel the lure of it. And that's okay too. So maybe you're somebody who needs to feel like they want to go for a run. I know people will say that's not the way it's meant to be. But actually, I believe we can do that. We can just trust our bodies to tell us when we want to do the exercise we want to do. You've already done it. Your body has already decided that it wants to start moving after a year of sitting down. So it knows when it's time to move. And maybe right now it's telling you it's time to rest or that it wants to do a different form of exercise. Perhaps it wants to go dancing today or do some yoga. Make some time to sit down and listen to your body and ask it what it wants. And I promise you, at some point, it will want to go for a run. And when it does, download your app, get going, and off you go. That's all for this week's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Don't worry, we're here again next week. There is more coming up. If you've liked the show, please do rate review. Even though we're coming to an end, we want people to keep discovering it. So the more you do that, the more new listeners we can get. And if you loved it and you want to come and talk to me or follow me, you can find me on social media at Harriet Winter. You've been listening to Badass Women's Hour. If you like the show, then help more people find us. You can tag us or talk to us on social media using at Badass Women's Hour. Or you can be really lovely and leave us a review and a rating. Five stars, please. It helps boost us up the podcast rankings and allows other people to find us. We'll be back next week with more badass guests and in-depth chat. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 